Hey, y'all, this is Eric, and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. What's up, guys? Eric with Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to do the first episode of Truck Talk Tuesdays. That's going to be a weekly episode that I put out every Tuesday where it's just me and my work van talking about pretty much what's going on. I'm thinking today I'm going to do a gear dump, basically talking about everything that I'm using, everything I'm planning on using, uh, stuff that you know I'm interested in, and just kind of get it out there for y'all so you guys can get some some ideas of what you might want to try out. You know, I've got a lot of uh, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from the last episode. I'm honestly shocked at the reaction that I've had from a lot of people. You know, I've had a lot of local guys want to come on, which we are going to make happen. I'm planning on getting better equipment probably next month. I've got my daughter's and my wife's um, birthdays coming up this month. So got to focus on that. But deer season is six weeks away. There's not a lot of time left and there's still a lot to do. I had a trail camera go down yesterday. It's not working anymore. And I don't know why. So I have to go check that out today at some point. I'm not really sure when I'm going to find the time for that, but I got to make the time. So hopefully it's just a a battery issue. I don't really know. I'm going to tinker with it, but I do have backup cameras. And honestly, if this cell camera doesn't end up working, if for whatever reason it's, it's just busted now, I think for this season, I'm probably going to stick to regular cameras like Tasco's, you know, maybe some muddies and just stick with that because i mean that's what i used when i first started in it it worked fine those those are very reliable so getting back to today's episode i've uh let's start it off with my bow i shoot a blackout intrigue xs set at 28 inches that's uh that's for my draw length and my draw weight is 70 pounds between 65 and 70 pounds last time i tinkered with it i had it maxed out and dropped it down two two turns so, you know, if I had to guess, it's, it's probably between 65, 70 pounds. I haven't checked it in a while, but at maxed out, I was told that it's going to be at about 72 to 73 pounds. So I'm assuming that the range is 65 to 70. That bow is amazing. It, um, you know, it's my first bow. It's the only bow I've ever bought. I've been shooting that bow now for two, actually two and a half years. And it's what I learned on at first you know, I was, I was shooting at 40 pounds with super light arrows at 20 yards, got a really good grouping and eventually 40 pounds just was, way, I mean, it's way too light, you know, for, for someone my size and the distances that I'm going to be hunting at, especially when I go out West in a couple years, you know, I need something higher. So over time I was able to get up to where I'm at now and it's, it's shooting darts. I shoot a, uh, trophy Ridge miss sight. I used to use a dead ringer sight, the bone collector edition. Unfortunately, that thing fell apart on me. That's not a knock on their product. It's not a knock on bone collector. Those guys are amazing. I look up to them. T-Bone's one of my favorite guys in the industry, Michael Waddell, Nick Munt, all of them. And hopefully gonna have at least T-Bone on the podcast, which would be fantastic. If I could get Waddy on, or if I could get Nick on, that'd be, that'd be a major blessing too. But anyway, so yeah, I was using the dead rigger bow sight. It was a micro adjust sight and that thing was dialed. I mean, it was, it was perfect. I had to make some tweaks here and there. And I think the reason it fell apart is I just was using it too much. I was micro adjusting too much. 
and I got a little bit too far down the rabbit hole with that and it it ended up falling apart one of the bearings just popped out and yeah so I got a little frustrated decided to go back to my trophy ridge site which is just the basic site you can buy at Walmart it's got four pins you use your allen wrench to adjust it or to loosen the screws to adjust it and you get it to where you want and that thing won't move i mean it's 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 shooting so well the site is perfect you know there's no there's no obstructions the pins are extremely bright it's it's a great site i'm uh, also shooting a whisker biscuit which i have a reason for that i was using a drop away rest last year and it was fine you know, I had my local bow shop, bow shop set it up and everything was good. But then I started noticing when I was practicing that I was getting fletching contact. And rather than tinker with something that mechanically could fail in the field, I figure why not just go the safe route and use a whisker biscuit? You know, that's what I was using before I got a drop away and I never had any issues. The only problem I had with the whisker biscuit was it was ripping fletchings off. But the way I found around that is you just put a dab of glue on the front of the fletching dab of glue on the back and that's it and you don't have to worry about it and that that site i mean i or not the site i'm sorry the rest i've got that rest set up now that any any fixed plate i've used or any mechanical or any field point they all hit in the same spot so thankfully i've i've kind of learned how to tune it you know it's 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 shooting great i mean I, I really can't complain about it i know a lot of people hate on whisker biscuits i really don't know why they say that it slows your arrow down it slows it down by two to three feet per second if you're worried about two to three feet per second i personally feel like you should be more concerned about other things that are more detrimental to being successful out in the woods so that's for my bow uh up next let's let's talk clothing i wear nothing but real tree that's not to say i wouldn't try something else but I'm very loyal to Realtree. I've been a huge Realtree fan since I was a kid. I remember Dale Earnhardt talking about Realtree. I know he was affiliated with those guys. Bill Jordan, Tyler Jordan, Waddell, T-Bone, all those guys. Nick Munt, Bone Collector in general. Just Realtree as a whole to me is an amazing company. And they've got a great product. Their patterns are fantastic. I'm not using any of the higher end stuff. All the stuff I'm wearing is just from Walmart, but it's still good. It's lightweight. It's not too hot. It keeps you warm in the cold, and it doesn't get that super cold down here in Georgia, but 32 degrees is still cold. I don't care who you are. So the fact that they make a really good product you can buy for $30 at, at Walmart, I, I don't see why why you wouldn't want to use that. They, uh, they also make some arrows, which I'll get into that a little bit later. The arrows are fantastic. I, I don't shoot them anymore. Uh, they're, they're actually made by Allen, but I, they put a Realtree logo on it. And so I tried that out, you know, because I love Realtree. And they were great for a while. It's actually what I used last season. But the issue is when I started building my arrows to go heavier, I noticed that their structural integrity isn't as strong as some other brands. So I decided to switch. But that's not knocking Realtree. That's not knocking Allen. You know, they... They all make a great product. So the boots that I'm wearing, I just use regular old Wolverine boots. Got them up at uh, Ace Hardware in Social Circle, which is where I take my bow to get tuned. Uh, that's where I'm going to get new strings at next year. Those guys are awesome guys, very knowledgeable. They're always willing to help. 
and their prices are, you know, great. Which now in the in these times you can't really complain about a good price product. I'm not going to go too far into it, but it's hard times right now for everybody. So you've got to pretty much know what you're getting and get some get what get what you want at a good price. So yeah, that's the boots that I'm wearing. I uh, hunt out of a ground blind mostly. The ground blind I'm using is a Rhino 200. It's very roomy. The windows are the perfect size. It's it's durable. The only issue I have is the door, and even then the door is not bad. It's just it it it's good going in, but closing it after you're already in, it's kind of hard to get the clips on. It's a small complaint. It's nothing that would make me say don't use it. I mean, if if someone said, "Hey, what ground blind would you recommend?" That's the one I would recommend because it's it's affordable and it's durable and it lasts. I've got two of them. I've had two for 2 years and they're in perfect condition. They're super easy to set up. They're lightweight. I mean, if you're if you're the kind of person now, I don't do this, um, but if you're the kind of person that goes onto let's say public land and you want to use a ground blind rather than a tree stand or hunt in the brush or sit on a log or whatever, you can pack it in. You can have that thing up in a minute, and it's very quiet. It's it has straps on the side that you can put brush in, so you can brush it in. So that is that's my recommendation. If you're going to use a ground blind, go with the Rhino 200. As far as tree stands go, I have a ladder stand that I don't, that I'm not using this year. I used it last year. It's my first ladder stand. I was stupid putting it up in a bad spot and completely blew out a spot that I really, really loved. I mean, it, it's where I killed my two deer from 2020. And, but the problem is I, I put the ladder stand in the wrong spot. So I'm not using that this year. I do have a climber. It's a Summit Viper and it, it's fantastic. It's lightweight. The the straps that go around the tree to lock you in are quiet. It doesn't make any noise. It um, digs into the tree very well, so you feel secure. You know that you're not going to slip down, and it's it's just a great stand. The only thing I need for it is a silent seat from Hasmore, and that's it. And that thing's ready to go. So, you know, I'm I'm afraid of heights. I'm deathly afraid of heights. I hate heights which is mostly why I hunt out of a ground blind. But when I go to public land or when I go to this new private spot that I landed this summer, I'm going to have to use the climber. So I'm just going to have to suck it up. I mean, it's, it's part of hunting, you know, there's guys that pack in or hike in 10, 15 miles. I'm sure they would much rather do it right by the truck, but you've got to do what you got to do. So that's my climber and ground blind setup. <clears throat> Moving on to arrows. I mentioned it earlier. I used to shoot allen realtree arrows since then i switched over to victory v-force gamers and i have a video coming out next week for next week's truck talk tuesdays where i go much more in depth on my arrows but just the basis of it or the basic gist of it i'm shooting an 8.7 grain arrow at 26 inches i know that's a little short but i like a stiff spine and i've had no issues with it it's it's not too short but it's about as short as I would go. And total arrow weight is about 511 grains um, per T-Bone and also Ranch Ferry and Aaron Snyder. They've all told me, you wanna have an arrow between 475 and 550 grains. So I feel like where I'm at is a pretty solid, pretty solid middle ground. It works, it flies great. All together, like I said, 511 grains with a lighted knock, 125 grain insert up front, 100 grain broadhead, I use the uh, Boning Quick Fletch wraps. 
And I know some people will probably knock that. I, I was doing it too. I wanted to try it out. And, you know, it, it worked. They're, they're great. I tried the Hellfire veins from NAP. They're, they're good. I did notice that my arrow would kick to the right a bit and it wouldn't stabilize in flight. And they're also kind of loud. That's not knocking them. It's just for my setup, it doesn't work. So I went over to the Quick Fletch from Boning and hey, they work. I mean, it, it in five minutes, you can have six arrows fletched up and you're ready to go. So it's a 350 spine arrow and it works. I, I really don't know what else to say to that without going too, too deep into it. But my broadhead setup, this one, um, this could, this one's kind of a, a, a tough subject. Over the summer, I've been switching back and forth between fixed blade and mechanical. And the, the fixed blades that I've been looking at, I was either going to use the Q80 Exodus or the G5 Montec. Now, I know that there's better broadheads to some people. To me, these are the two that are right at the top that are budget friendly. Now, I could spend $100 and get some iron wheels. But to me, I just don't see the, I don't see the point, you know? You can get three Q80 Exodus broadheads for 40 bucks. Same thing with the Montex. And the Exodus, to me, I personally feel like the Exodus is the best broadhead on the market for fixed blades. I watched a Seek One video where they were shooting an Exodus into a deer scapula that was four inches into ballistic shell. Now, if you know anything about ballistic shell, you know that when you shoot something into it, it's not as forgiving as like, say, a deer. It, it it's much harder to penetrate in ballistic gel than it is an animal. And this thing still, when they shot the Exodus into it, still shattered the deer scapula in half. I mean, I, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing when I saw that video. So that, that sold me on it. As far as fixed blades go, that's the only one I'm going to use. Mechanicals, I've been looking at the Sever 2.0 and the G5 Megameet. And both of these, I've gone back and forth on which one I want to use. I know that Sever has the blade locks and I know that they pivot, which definitely helps with deflection. My only concern or my only issue with a broadhead style like Sever, and T-Bone has touched on this before, is it's it's kind of like a, it's a slice cut. It doesn't make a hole like a three blade will. And maybe that'll help with penetration. You know, I, I haven't shot a deer with them, so I really can't speak on that, but just the the mechanics of it i want a hole i want the biggest hole that's possible and g or not g5 i'm sorry the severs they're reliable and they're sturdy and they're tough and i know that they'll get the job done i'm just not a huge fan of the slices like the slice cuts so that led me over to the g5 mega meat which i honestly have nothing bad to say about this broadhead you know i i have seen so many videos where it makes Coke can size holes in deer. Um, I have some testing that I'm going to be doing this afternoon and I'm going to basically make my decision on which mechanical I want to use. Honestly, I'm leaning towards the G5. It, it's sturdy. The blades are easily replaceable. That ferrule is, is, is basically bulletproof. It, it's, it's an amazing broadhead. I've heard, some guy on some podcast, I don't remember which one it was, that was saying he used the same G5 Mega Meat with the same blades for seven different animals. Now, to me, that sounds like great shot placement. 
I know that these blades can break. I know that they can bend. But if they're replaceable, I don't see a problem with that. And I know bending blades can hinder penetration and all of that. I, I get that. But if you just look it up, just look up what the Megameet has done. It's devastating. It's unbelievable what that broadhead can do. So I'm going to be honest. I'm leaning towards the G5. That's probably what I'm going to have in my quiver for the most part this year. Odds are I'll have two Megameets and an Exodus just in case. But I've got faith in the in the Megameet. And like I said, I'm going to be doing more testing this afternoon. And I'm not knocking anything that I've said so far. I'm not, I'm not knocking any of the broadheads. There's tons of great broadheads out there. The Magnus Stinger, the Magnus Serrazer. I mean, they, they're great broadheads too. I've heard a lot of people have killed a lot of deer with those. They're very reliable. But I want something that's going to make a big hole. And the ones that I've chosen, I feel like are going to do that. Plus, the Mega Meat comes with that BMP, the Ballistic Match Point. And I can firmly tell you from testing that, com- that point compared to the actual broadhead, they fly exactly the same. There was no tuning needed. They both go in the exact same spot. And so, I mean, I, I just, I don't see any issue with the Mega Meat. Yeah, it's mechanical. And some people are going to say, oh, it's a flapper. Why would you use that? Dude, it, my shots aren't going to be any further than 40 yards, and that's pushing it. You know, in Georgia, you can hunt over bait, and I put feet out. My blind is 20 to 25 yards away from that feet. There's no reason why I'm going to have to shoot any further. Now, when I go to public land or when I go on this other private spot, especially in the, the new private spot, if I don't put feet out, yeah, it could be further out. But it, it, that broadhead flies perfectly. So I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about penetration. I'm not worried about, you know, flight path. I'm not worried about any of that. So that's probably that's that's probably what I'm going to end up going with is G5. But like I said, I've said it two times already. I'm going to do more testing. I'm going to figure out which one I think is the best. And I'll have a full in-depth video on that next week. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much a wrap. That's everything on uh, what I'm using. I can't really think of anything else other than the scents that I use. I use Nose Jammer. I've got the body wash, the spray, and the deodorant, and you walk out of there smelling like a vanilla bean. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. And I know vanilla beans aren't, aren't real. I was, I was thinking vanilla bean coffee. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. It, uh, it's a great product. All you got to do is spray yourself, spray your tree stand or your blind, spray the brush around you, and you're good to go. It, the, the chemicals in it or, or the ingredients in it I listened to a podcast where the owner was describing what's in it and he was saying that yes there's vanilla but there's also natural plant ingredients that are in it that are exactly what a deer would smell when they're in the woods so I can, I can firmly say that it works I, you know, I don't care what someone says oh none of that stuff works I mean you're never going to fool a, a, near, a deer's nose it's not going to happen there's no way if you have a bad wind, you could spray yourself down all you want. They're still going to smell you. But if you've got a good wind and a deer is very close to you, like I've had them come up to me within 10 yards while I've used nose jammer and they didn't suspect a thing. Could have been good wind, but even then at 10 yards, I don't care what the wind's like. The deer, their nose is so strong. They should be able to smell you at least a little bit. And that doe was, she had no idea. She had no idea I was even there. So... I can firmly say that Nose Jammer works. I'm not sponsored by any of these guys. 
you know, maybe someday in the future. But even then, I'm just, be, I'm just giving you all my honest opinion. This is what I use. This is what I trust. And yeah, so that's a wrap on the first Truck Talk Tuesday episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope that we gain many more listeners. If you want to subscribe, most of the listening has been on Spotify. But check out Anchor, check out Apple Podcasts, check out Spotify. And just show all the love and support. I've really appreciated it, guys. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Eric here with uh, Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Just doing a little update. So in the second episode, I said that I was having trouble deciding between shooting fixed or going mechanical. Um, I was planning on using either the Q80 Exodus or the Sever 2.0 or the G5 Megameet. But after this afternoon's testing, I decided I'm going to stick with the Megameet. It holds up better, in my opinion, than any other broadhead. I know the blades can bend and can break. They're easily replaceable. So to me, that's not an issue. The, uh, the wound channel is ridiculous. I mean, we're talking minimum two inches. Even if it doesn't fully open up, it's still, it still is going to cut. And I've run a couple of tests on it, and it, it has yet to fail opening up. So I have full confidence that it's going to be the broadhead that I use this year, hopefully to kill the biggest buck of my life so far. I've got a, a story coming out in a couple weeks of this deer called the Prayer Buck, who is my biggest buck so far. I mean, he's not a monster. He's not huge, but he's the biggest buck I've killed. So stay tuned for that. And this is just a little update. This isn't going to happen all the time, but I figured I would let you all know at the end of this new episode. Thank you again for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify. That's where most of this has been getting listened to. And yeah, go support G5, man. They make some amazing broadheads. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Go give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel.